Hello and welcome to another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show. I'm Richard McKenzie and I'm with the Cincinnati First Inspection Services Group and we are also your area's uh, commercial and residential home inspection company. We cover all of those needs. And today's episode is titled Family Tree. Roots, that is. All right, so what is this going to be about? You can probably guess what it's going to be about. We're going to talk about the trees in your yard and what issues that they possibly can cause. And I'm going to go through a recent home inspection just from a couple, three days ago, and what we encountered, and it was very strange for sure. All right, when you are looking at a house... I have impressed upon you before to not go in the house right away, but to look at the surroundings, look at the yard, and so forth. How about this? In addition to the other things that I have said, and if you want to know what those other things are, I encourage you to listen to previous episodes. There are many out there. And let's talk about what is up against your house or near your house in terms of vegetation, trees specifically. At this particular house... This house was one of your uptown Cincinnati neighborhood houses built like, well, quite honestly, like a battleship. Uh, The house was built extremely well. However, on the center rear, right up against the deck, which was really built on top of the rear porch that used to be there and used to be the only thing, only appurtenance off the back of the house, there was a large elm tree. Diameter of the tree trunk, hmm, 14 inches, let's say. Really had no business being there. And we'll go on about why people assume things are okay and trees are left to grow there. I I just really don't have an answer for that. Also on the right rear corner, there was another tree. I couldn't quite make out what type of tree this was. What might have been a baby. Um, When I say baby, I mean maybe 20 feet tall. elm tree and then some more very very thick honeysuckle next to that all off the rear right corner tuck under garage area now tree trunks themselves don't stop growing until the tree has died basically it starts to die and it stops getting bigger that's uh, much like whales and there's some other animals that, that continue to grow until they die and i really can't remember what the name of that that is, there is, there is a term for that, um, that genetics that allows you to keep growing until you die. Um, that being said, outside, I remember telling the, the buyer that this tree really, really needs to be removed. The, the big elm tree up against the deck, which is right in the only, uh, well, there was a, a garage that kind of wrapped around the back that went under, tucked under. And in the center of that island was this tree. So I started thinking about what kinds of stuff am I going to see inside the house and what issues has this already caused outside. Well, let's talk about some of the issues that trees cause. Some of them are easy to imagine. Some of them are less less, uh, self-evident, let's say. Okay, tree branches. Some of the different trees are high acidic and they can cause algae on the roof. This particular house had clay tiles, and it also had a separate part of an addition off the back that went off the garage, built on the top of the garage, which was a 
another room, um, and that had a separate uh, 20-year fiberglass shingle. On the rake edge closest to the tree, not surprising, but most of those shingles edges, that rake edge was broken off. Why? Ice storms, wind, branches, whacking against the, the, the house, and shingles, when that happens, can be very brittle, taking that impact, and when you break the edges off of shingles, you don't have that overhang and water can get in there. Also on this roof was a lot of the black mildew streaky because shade is there too often. It's not getting enough sun. And then also on the, on the uh, clay tiles, there was a lot of algae on those as well. And some areas, even some moss. So that's not good. Now, clay tiles, especially in the winter, get very brittle. Um, more so in the winter because they, they get cold and they can crack and break easily. So if a branch breaks off and hits the roof, it, its impact, if hit in the right place, can cause some significant damage. So those are all things to take in consideration. Now I'm going to say on the right rear corner, the smaller trees that I saw and the honeysuckle were growing right up against the outside uh, bare garage wall. What happens when a tree trunk is right flush, and I do mean right up against, it grows and grows and grows. The rule of thumb is if the branches are over the house, then the roots are under the house. And that tree trunk is going to continue to grow and put pressure on that wall until it cracks. Fortunately, it hadn't cracked yet, and that tree is going to be removed in, in, in the nick of time to, to keep this new homeowner from having uh, further issues with that. Now, that is if they do end up buying the house. So I'm going to go on now about the main reason that trees... Uh, in addition to its pressure and wind and, and other damaging things that the branches can cause. So we're going through the house. First floor had a half bathroom. The half bathroom and then on the second floor was a full bathroom and in the basement was that, was that toilet that all older houses of this era had a toilet in the basement. Um, <clears throat> and so starting with the first floor, we flushed the toilet doesn't seem to really want to flush very readily. Even holding the handle down didn't really make it go down very vigorously. We did this several times. Okay, I write that down. I tell the buyer that there's a concern there, and we then um, keep going and move to the second floor. Second floor toilet flushing, same kind of phenomenon. Uh, the tub actually not totally related to this, but it, it drained a little bit slower. Um, but that, I was more concerned about the toilet because that was the main four-inch sewer stack that I knew was going to be in the basement that I was going to look at. We go in the basement. Okay, the last thing. And in the basement then is the four-inch sewer stack. And I'm looking at it and it's the typical cast iron and it, the house is 95 years old. Remember, I said that. Cast iron typically has a lifespan <clears throat> before it starts seriously corroding and it forms some of these rust bumps. 50, 60 years they start forming them unless you're a really bad person and I say that affectionately and you're, you're cleaning out your sewer drains with, 
with uh, Drano and other harsh chemicals. Those are no-nos for, for cast iron pipe. I've probably mentioned that on two to three other previous episodes, um, podcasts. So, all right. So let's now, now that we've taken a look at the sewer stack, I'm not seeing any leaks. Um, we look at the clean-out um, valve cover which was still the original one. So that has not been replaced with a new brass one. So I know that hasn't been cleaned out, maybe hasn't been scoped. What do I mean scoped? I'm talking about where a company comes in, a third party typically, and we maybe Roto-Rooter in our area, Zins Plumbing, give a shout out to these folks, mainline inspections, and then also the underground detective. And these guys all can do that and they put a camera on a cable and they wind that cable and they try to see if it's viable all the way to the street and you have this this high definition recording uh they give you a dvd when they're done and that helps you see if there's nasties in there cracks uh broken areas roots all those sorts of things very high academy award winning acting going on in there and you get that that dvd when you're done all right now we move over to the, the oh my goodness, I can't believe that's there uh, phenomenon that we uh, noticed in this, uh, at this inspection, and that is the toilet in the basement. All right, toilets and basements for houses this age, when they work, that's like a miracle. I mean, I think it's great to have a spare bathroom or spare toilet in the basement for those emergencies. And some of these older houses even have that old shower head that is uh, somewhere really close to the basement floor drain. Um, maybe there's more than one basement floor drain over in the laundry area. So if you're working out in the yard, you can use that, that shower and that... Well, this one was all seized up, and I mentioned to them that if they want to get this thing working again, they certainly can. You probably need a new shower head. You need a licensed plumber to unseize these valves, replace the handles with newer ones and then voila hopefully you have a nice shower in your basement there all right so let's let's talk about the toilet look over the toilet flush the toilet toilet's going kind of slow look closer at the toilet and oh my goodness yes indeed in the toilet basin there are a there's a big clump of capillary roots growing out of the toilet p-trap drain bottom of the toilet <clears throat> and just sitting there and it looks like if you've ever seen these uh um uh coral loofah um i don't know what you call them but they it looks like something you your brillo pad or something like that that's basically what it looked like a tan brillo pad growing out of the toilet so what do we put in the report we put that we definitely suggest that prior to closing that they get one of those companies in here to do that sewer scope. Extremely important. A su main sewer line repair, especially when the, the sewer line goes into the concrete, if it has to be dug up, um, then you're talking a significant repair, even after the tree has been removed, okay? Uh, there are other companies that can do the extrusion type of a uh, pipe formation that might be possible it might just be that they need to send a power auger down there and they have these bits that go on to it on the end of it that basically cuts all the roots and buys you some time but there's probably going to be a significant repair involved in this and that's something that you really need to take into consideration could you possibly have found that uh, before you put a bid on the house and had a contract on the house 
I'm going to probably err on the side of caution there and say, no, I don't, I don't, that's a bit much to ask for a, a, even the most informed home buyer to, oh, let's lift the lid in the toilet in the basement and see if there's a, a problem there. That's, that's a bit much to ask. Um, but the tree in the backyard is definitely a red flag that close to the house. So remember trees, branches, roots, uh, all those things in conjunction with each other can bring problems when you are trying to uh, research your family tree and its roots. Um, haha, whatever. <laughs> but uh, I hope this has been very helpful. And one of the one more thing that you need to look for when you're buying a house, especially an older one. Well, Richard, when do we start looking for problems, and when should we have the sewer line scoped? I'd probably say at least fifty years old. Um, and it's really going to, it, it could be sooner if there are big trees in the yard. And I mean big mature trees. But typically when they level the house, or excuse me, level the property to build a house, most of those trees are gone. So it's going to really have to be a house that's pretty significantly old, that still has some old trees on the property. The closer they are in the direct path to getting to the street especially, some houses are plumbed from the rear. Okay? Depends on... The neighborhood, some of these strange pie slice yards with cul-de-sacs. Some of these have uh, the sewer line from the rear. Most of them, however, have it in the front, and it goes into the sewer line underneath the street, especially in the older neighborhoods. Well, I hope this has been helpful to you. This has been Richard McKenzie with another episode of the Successful Home Ownership Show, and thank you for listening.